Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks from Nerothtep and our Kenya chapter. Uh, as we like to do at the top of the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. We are inching ever so close to 1,000 YouTube subscribers. We'd like your help over on YouTube, so search us over there, the Old Ways Podcast. And if you'd like to check out what we have to offer on Patreon, you can. That's patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. And now we're going to get to investigator introductions. So to my right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and the bitch fucked around. It's clear she found out as well, uh, so we'll, uh, we'll have to mark another hash here on the number of bodies that you've left behind in your wake. Uh, and to Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and it was a hot time in the old city tonight. It was. Um, nothing has burned to the ground at this point, but Yet. the night is young. At the end of the table. Uh, this is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and uh, I think we committed many, many atrocities uh, earlier. I think you committed many atrocities upon a single person. Yeah. Which, uh, which was kind of the point, actually. Uh, to Mr. Doyle's right. Uh, this is Lonnie, and I play Robert Drummond, and I have no knowledge of anything that any of these people are talking about. And uh, I would like to uh, tell the police that I'm completely innocent. You know, playing dumb is only going to work so long. Um, but you might be able to run out the clock, but we'll see. And to Mr. Drummond's right. Well, this is James, and I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tattenbach. And what am I going to do with all this um, unused burn ointment? I just assumed I would ahead. We'll certainly find a use for it. Uh, last, most certainly, not least. Uh, this is Alex playing Sambolo, whose epitaph almost tragically read, uh, shot to death by a goddamn extra. That's true. That's absolutely true. Um, and it is serves as a reminder that impales work both ways. And so we'll get things started sort of where we left off, which is a group of investigators running through the streets of the Asian Quarter, fleeing uh, the events of the previous episode. And so I'll just ask, where are you going? Well, I don't, I don't have long before the... Uh magic holding my insides inside and the looming pain of a, you know, a chest cavity full of shot. Um, it's kind of pending. So I don't waste a whole lot of time uh, moving us towards Swahili town. And at this point, I, I hope I have a decent grasp of like the main thoroughfares in this part of Nairobi. So I will try to use side streets and alleys whenever practical, but um, we're not going to be doing any waiting or hiding. Okay. Uh, more so I want to make sure that, you know, hopefully we're just not being followed. That would be ideal. But I will leave that to other more alert people to do uh, as I'm trying to get us forward. Uh, so once we break the outskirts, I'll slow down a bit and make sure that no one has, I don't know, weapons out. And, and if anybody is, then I would probably ask them to, to put them away. And I'll make sure that it doesn't look like I'm openly carrying anything. 
It certainly doesn't look like you're openly carrying anything. The biggest thing that you're probably seeing as a red flag is the amount of blood you're losing as you're moving. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, my goal is to head toward the mission. Okay. Um, and if there's somewhere I can put the group within eyesight, like I'm not going to leave them far behind. I just don't want the whole crowd moving toward the door sure. <laughs> at this moment in time. Sure. So if I can kind of put them somewhere nearby, I would like to do my best to get the attention of Dr. Starrett without causing a disturbance. Mm -hmm. um, so if, is the mission door open? I guess that'd be the first question. The mission door is not open. It is a little okay. late uh, in the evening at this point. It is. Uh, there, the light, there are lights on, but... I will, I will knock twice, sharply and quickly, and then wait. Okay, so while that is going on, are the rest of you just like hiding across the street or... What's the situation? Yeah, basically keep an eye out, watching, you know, make sure we weren't followed or the police aren't uh, about to swoop down on us. Yeah, if you all want to make spot hidden rolls while he's doing that, go right ahead. This isn't something you'll get a chance to do, Sam, as you're you're doing something. Besides, so busy. Besides hose, uh, holding your guts in. 18 out of 75. That is a fantastic roll. 12 out of 88. Mm -hmm. uh, 86 out of 99. 83 out of 65. I saw nothing. Uh, 98 over 80. Okay. So any interest in pushing that? You know what? Doc is actually probably more distracted about by the amount of blood that Sam is losing. So I'm going to say he just doesn't, he's not being very observant towards the outside right now. Okay. So for our three uh, investigators who did make that role, I would just say this in varying success degrees. Um, so Jack, for you, you are fairly certain that there is an enormous commotion that's been raised as you have left. It's sort of like a ripple effect you seem to be having on the city. Uh, for you, Miss Lane, um, it's fairly clear that alarm bells have been raised. You can hear them and you can see houses are, you know, becoming a little bit more aware here in the middle of the night. Lights have come on. People are now out in the street. Um, the, uh, the space between the Asian Quarter and Swahili Town is is a fair distance, but the thing to remember is that that Nairobi is about 5,000 people. It's not very big. Um, and so for you, Ms. O'Shea, who uh, has the, the, the greatest degree of success, um, you're fairly clear, at least by sight and sound, that people are following the noise. So they noticed what happened and they likely have noticed six some odd figures running through the streets. And there are people likely coming to your position relatively quickly. Um, I'm going to look at everybody else and be like, we need to split up. I will, I will go Sam, just okay. so he does not need dress. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, yeah, we'll split up. Um, two and two? Sure. Okay. I'll go with Drummond. Okay. I'll take Maeve. Head back to the hotel. Get our stuff ready. Yeah, stuff's ready to get and get right. out. I mean, we've already packed it up pretty well, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Hey, do these two have any blood on them? Mr. Drummond has quite a bit of blood on him. He was ground zero uh, at, at putting a gun in someone's face and shooting. Okay, so there's right. arterial spray all over him. You I'm wearing get, black. Yeah, so You need to get uh, cleaned up before you go back to the hotel. It doesn't mean there's not blood. It's just harder to see. It's hard to see. No, yeah. that's why I, I pointed out I'm wearing those robes. So <laughs> this is all being said. 
right. We're still in a group, right? Yeah, except for Sam, who's gone to the who's, door. Of the who's mission. gone to the door? Okay, then uh, real quick, uh, Doc takes his jacket off and hands it to uh, Drummond. Doc has a size of 65, Drummond has a size of 55, so it'll be a little big on him, but it's not covered in blood. Okay. When I take my jacket off, I will wipe my face and exposed parts on the inside lining of the jacket to try and remove some of the uh, excess. So here's what happens. You take your jacket off and, and you start trying to get some of the spray off. And what it looks like is, is you put face paint on now. <laughs> So I don't know how familiar you are with it or how familiar listening audience is, but blood does not come off very easy. It goes everywhere. Now you get a lot of it off, but it does look like there's either mud or something smeared all over your face. So the ruse might play for the first few moments, but someone will eventually notice that your face is covered with blood. You need what you need is water or some type of cleansing agent to get it off you. Right, but I need I need to be able to move enough to get to water. Certainly. Now you can do the, the jacket swap and you'll be a lot less conspicuous, but it's not like a perfect disguise by any means. You know what? Maybe Maeve and uh, um, Lillian should go together and Drummond and I will go together. We'll try to get cleaned up somewhere because I'm sure I've got blood all over me too. Yeah. Yeah. Given the fact that you were holding her down right. once she got shot in the head. Um, so at the door of the mission, there is a slight, the slight break between the two doors and there is light and you see a, um, a rather, I guess, not shaken, but perhaps just a little out of it. Dr. Starrett, who's trying to get his spectacles on. Dr. Starrett, it would seem un- unfortunate evenings continue to bring us together. Um, uh, Sam, uh, what? What are you doing here at this hour? Um, I guess I won't play with words. Myself and my friends have been through a, a rather, been through a fight with a very dangerous group of people who will likely be looking for us very soon. I don't intend to burden you with sheltering us. I just, I'm hoping that you can point us somewhere nearby or even out of town where we can God. be safe for a time. Are you bleeding? I'll, I'm sure I'll be fine. I just, I don't want to put you or anyone inside in further danger. I just not know where else to go. Mm-hmm. Doc is going to um, advance up on the door, basically behind uh, Sam and help him inside. Forcibly help him inside? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So you walk up, you walk up to the door and Starrett opens it just a little, probably no wider than maybe like his, his head. And uh, he looks at you, doctor, and, and is seemingly a, a bit befuddled and likely um, concern sort of splashes across his face. <laughs> Guten Tag. Please, we don't have much time. Come inside, the both of you. Don't go in here, Doctor. I look over my shoulder. Where, where are the rest? The others. They have decided to go get cleaned up and head back and grab our things from the hotel. Okay. Uh, how long has it been, by the way, since the fight? Um... I'm going to say about five, ten minutes at most. Okay. Okay. Um, once I feel, so if, if the doctor's invited me in and um, Tottenbach is here and the group's decided to depart, mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to opt to pass out now. 
this sounds like a great time for me to stop concentrating on negating the pain of my injuries and right. whatever magic is holding me together. Yeah. So I think collapsing into the doorway is a great way to go out. Uh, you collapse into the arms of the doctor who does not let you fall to the ground, probably. No. <laughs> oh, up, come here, boy. Yep, this way, onto the chair. There you are. Um, Dr. Sarat takes... Um, he reaches down, sort of, I guess, out of um, subconscious muscle memory and just grabs Sam's legs and says to you, um, we have a room over here, we can... Take him to the table. Wonderful. So that is where the two of you are at. Just for the keeper's notes, and I don't know how this would play with the medical people. So I technically have 15 out of 17 hit points, but I haven't dealt with the pain of getting shot yet. <laughs> so those are all, um, I have no idea how those things collide. Do what you will. I'll figure it out, I'm sure. <laughs> um, for those of you who, the rest of you, um, are you splitting two to two and are some people going to the hotel or is the whole group going to the hotel? No, I think we're going to split two and two. And okay. Yeah, I think we're going like different, like basically out and around and then back mm-hmm. to the hotel, if that makes sense. Okay. So you're going to the hotel and you're going to the hotel, but just in different in different yeah, ways. It'll probably right. take us longer because we have to find somewhere to wash up. Yeah. Right. Because I don't want it to look like it's all of us traveling like people have seen. Yeah. So. Okay. Miss O'Shea and Miss Lane, you head back towards the hotel. Now, Swahili Town is not terribly far from a Hampton House Hotel. It's maybe a five or ten minute walk. The nice part about it is, is that it is a walk you've made a couple of times now. You have some bearing on where things are, so you know even at night, we can probably get around, you know, this way and this way. Um, Yeah, I'll probably pause at the park, too, to, like, mm-hmm. sit on a bench to see, like, so it seems like we just went out for a walk and we're like, you know, enjoying the night also so that we can stop and look around and see if there's mm-hmm. anyone following or anything like that. Um, it's clear that men from the police station have likely gotten to the Asian quarter now. There is an awful lot of raised voices. Mm-hmm. You don't make anything out as far as distinct sounds. You don't you can't tell what they're saying, um, but you can tell that there is an alarm going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, for your part, Miss Lane, you would notice just on that park bench while you're sitting with Maeve that most of the lights in the hotel are out. Well, and I am still strapped with my rifle, so uh huh. that makes for a lovely night stroll <laughs> in a park. I lean over. We might have a problem when we go back to the hotel. Do I still have Predator side up? If I don't, I'm going to use it again. Uh, you don't have it up, but you can put it up at will at this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to look at the hotel and see if I can see any figures moving. Heat signatures moving, I should say. Yeah, there's an awful lot of heat coming from inside the hotel. Uh-huh. Um, it's mostly concentrated in a lot of the rooms upstairs. Okay. Keep Given the time. Most people are sleeping. Most people are sleeping. But I can tell if they're, like, laying down or if they're standing up. Right. You can tell if they're laying down or standing up. Right. Um, Yeah, no, there's something funny going on in that room. Um, But, yeah, for the most part, it looks like the hotel guests are are asleep. Most of them are laying down. Okay. What about on the staff level, like on the first level? The lobby. The lobby is still lit? Yeah, the lobby is not lit, actually. Oh. Um, and 
that you don't see a lot of heat signatures. There's one or two, um, and they seem to be near the bar, what you think, if you remember correctly, where the bar is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to go by what I can remember. Well, um, I don't know if we want to wait for the gentleman, but um, there's two... Figures by the bar where the lobby isn't lit. But the bar is further back, right? From a the little, lobby? A little bit, yeah. It's basically like you would walk into the, um, through the double doors of the hotel. You would see reception, which is somewhat nearby. And then there's sort of an open, a big open sitting area. And then beyond that is where the dining area and the bar are. But it's all one open yeah, it's yeah. Fair, it's fairly open, I would say. I think two is less than four. Yeah, I mean, depending who or what they are. We could, could draw less attention to ourselves. What would you like to do? Mm, uh, the only other thing is, is if we can get in and up the stairs before anybody notices. What if we run around back? Are there doors around back? I don't know if there's doors around back. The thing I would like you to, to remember here, and, and it's not that you've suggested otherwise, do not think of the Hampton House Hotel as a modern hotel, one with three or four different ways to exit on the ground level. Mm-hmm. That's not how this place is built. So that's just something to keep in your mind. Like, you know, actually, I don't, I don't think you know. I don't know that Drummond did. Yeah, so did, you don't even so. know about that door. Right. Um, but yeah, that's just something to think about feel like we're going to leave anyway, so we can't grab everybody's stuff. No. I mean, I can barely grab mine. So while you ladies are at the park uh, considering a few things, Jack, where are you and Mr. Drummond going to clean up? I'm finding a rain barrel. Yeah, That's the easiest solution. Fairly viable. Right, Um, right. There would be rain barrels likely in Swahili Town, so not probably too too very far from the mission. These rain barrels would be in between people's houses. Uh, for collection for the irrigation of crops and then others and just personal water for that matter. So here's what I'm going to have you do though. Um, I would like you to make a, a stealth roll uh, to see if you can, um, let's just say clean up in private without um, having an owner on you in the middle of the night. I will spend five luck to make that a 70 under 70. Mm-hmm. I have 41 under 82, so I got a hard success. Okay. You do so. The two of you, in the middle of the night, between the different corrugated metal houses that are here, find a spot where you can get a drum of water and you manage to clean up in the dark. Um, I don't know if you've ever cleaned up in the middle of the the night in the dark. I have, yes. It, It is not as exact as you would hope. But you feel like you got most of it off of you, at least you think. Um, and if you're going to utilize your other jacket, the one that is already so covered, if you're going to use the inside of it to, as, a, as a rag, for lack of a better term, you probably get most of your face clear. To say nothing of like the lower part of your clothes. There's not much you can do about that until you get replacement clothes. Right. And then uh, we'll head back to the hotel. Where are rooms... Mm-hmm. Where, what's 
the second floor, I'm assuming. Yeah, right? they're upstairs. What part of the uh, building are they on? Mm, given the fact that there are likely four rooms, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam didn't take a room at the hotel, to my knowledge. Right. So four or five rooms. I mean, there's there's probably an entire um, sort of back wing of the hotel that you're... Okay. But I'm thinking about maybe uh, seeing if we get... If one of those lights that are on, that means they're they're in their room. If we can get them to drop us some clothes or something. Fair enough. So you're going to head over to the hotel? Yeah. All right. So, Miss, Miss Lane, Miss O'Shea, at what point after sitting in the park do you make a decision about what you're going to do? And, like, how you're going to approach the hotel? Or if you are at all. Um, I lean over to Maeve and ask if the the bodies at the bar have moved at all? Mm, a little bit, but not much. A little, but not much. Do they look like they're crouching or they're just standing there? No, it looks like they're standing there. Just in the dark? Well, if there were lights on at the back bar of the hotel, you couldn't tell. Oh, okay. So, so all I'd be able to see is just the, yeah, maybe the, a, the lobby's off. Yeah. Because like your, your, sense, your sensory perceptions, as long as they last... Um, you can only see through so much space right, and so much right. wall. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we should go inside and get our stuff. Yeah, I think we should just go in and head straight for the stairs, which I'm assuming is like you go in and then they're to the left. Um, I The way I imagine the hotel is you likely go in, you probably make a, a slight left, and then you head towards the open area and there's probably a very wide staircase that goes upstairs. Yeah. Let's, well, let's just act as nonchalantly as we can. Yeah. We've come back from a night out. Keep in mind, it is fairly late. I'm a wild woman. Okay. Right. I was like, if we have to, I'll just link arms with Lillian and we'll like go in and be like, shh, and like giggling and like, you know, right. telling each other, like we're, oh, we we're out. To Pretend that, that we're, over. we've been... Yeah. Drinking with my rifle on my... I mean, I was there to... It's for me to protect us. <laughs> Nobody messes with a woman with carrying a rifle. Not likely, no. No. Uh, especially if she's like an intoxicated European <laughs> mm-hmm. woman with a rifle. I mean, she's she is wearing the pants. I am. And the boots, and the boots with the fur. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying. She probably has an axe somewhere. Uh, Lodged. It's a hatchet. It's a knife now, remember? Oh, the the curved one. Yeah, the curved one. It's a curved knife now. Yeah. (laughs) She's a dangerous woman. Okay, so you head over to the hotel and you go to the front doors. Mm -hmm. We're going to go in and head straight for the stairs. Reach out, grab the door handle, and it's locked. Have we come back this late before? No. What time is it? What time is it, Mrs. Fox? Yes. Uh, At this point, it's probably... Uh, 10, 30, 11. No. Now, again, we're in 1925, not, not in 2023. Right, right. right? Yeah. Most you, people are in bed by like 8 o'clock. Well, 9 o'clock at the very least. And then you're going to think about a hotel. They're not just going to leave their front door open. Right. Because right. they don't have somebody sitting there 24-7. No. So, yeah, you pull on that handle and it goes nowhere. Do we have to knock? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You see, not too far to your right there is a rope it Mm. has a small little tassel at the end of it there's a sign and in English it says ring for service 
reach over and grab the rope. Okay. Should we do it? All right. It doesn't take very much pull power. You barely touch the rope in here. Ding, 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 ding. As multiple bells go off. Oh, it's going to wake the whole neighborhood. <laughs> and for you, Miss O'Shea, this is sort of terrifying because the thing that you see is now a bunch of warm shapes start moving towards the door. <laughs> There's at least five. Okay. I'm going to keep an eye on all of them. As best as I can watch it. Uh, so a few moments later, the door opens. And there is a tall um, African man. Um, he's probably a little over six foot. And he looks out the door and says, may I help you? Um, we, we stayed out a little too late. You are out very late. Yeah, and then we heard some alarms and so we came running back. But uh, I mean, apparently we, we shouldn't have been out drinking. He looks past you and looks at Lillian. See him like furrow his brow. Oh, I just carry this for safety. It's dangerous for for ladies like us to be out after dark like this. He gives you a really funny look. Like he he steps back, and and he opens the door. I'll go in and thank you. They turn. They have a light now on. Light gets turned on. There's three or four staff members here. So now we'll make some spot hidden rolls for them. Um, you walk through the lobby, and in the light, make out something that is telling. It's not any of the gentlemen here in the lobby. All the staff seem to be giving you a reasonably wide berth. Lillian, most of all, because she's carrying a hunting rifle. Mm -hmm. When she turns to go to the stairs, she's naturally just a little bit lighter on her feet than you are. You see that her whole right side is covered with spatters of blood. Can I... It runs all the way down her leg. Can I, like, step in front of her? You can. It's not not impossible for you to get in front of her. The issue is, is that her perceptions have already picked up that one of the staff members... Has noticed it. Has noticed it and is reacting to it. Like... (gasps) Do I notice them reacting? Now you're moving. I, I step up close to her and I put my hand on her back and start like rushing her up the stairs. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Get. There goes their pair, those pair of pants. You got you two. The two of you get up the stairs. And we'll say that you get to your rooms. Mm-hmm. And you begin the process of getting into clean clothes. Yeah. I'm going to point out to Lillian like the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at. Yeah, your your oh, your no. right side is totally coated with not just blood, but like spray and matter. At least it's not mine. Yep, I change. Uh, it's at this point, our other two investigators who are out and about get to the hotel. Okay, we go around back. You go around back. Drummond knows where there's a service entrance. Oh, there's an entrance. It is an entrance. And it's probably locked. Well, that's not a problem. It definitely is locked. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will proceed to uh, attempt to unlock the back door. Okay. Hey, that's like damn fine roll. Okay. 
you begin to pick the lock on the back door. It's going to take you two rounds to do so. Mother. And I'm going to stand there and scope the street. Well, the back alley. Yeah, I mean, you're not really getting much, it seems anyway, of direct movement. What you're hearing is, what what you're noticing is more of the, the auditory, right? It's the hearing things happen, like the alarm bells, like the people from across the park who seem to be in distress or concerned, that sort of thing. It's far enough away from you that it doesn't really make, it doesn't give you a concern other than it's an external potential threat that may roll into, you know, your neighborhood relatively soon. Right. Um, the door unlocks with the help of one Jack Doyle. Quietly and slowly open it, just a crack, just to see. Um, there's, it's dark back here. It's hard to make out exactly what it is. There's, there's an open space back here. It smells like a kitchen. Okay. I mean, as long as there's nobody in here. Yeah, you don't see anybody in there. Right. Uh, you see a bit of a glow from a head in the kitchen. Um, maybe it's a light left down at the bar. Let me think. Uh, look, thinking back, where does the kitchen opens? must open up towards the bar? It, right? it does. Eventually, it comes out by the bar and then by the, the dining room. Is there another door? Boy, that's hard to remember for you now. Yeah. But not hard for me to remember. No, because you've been spying and eyeing on it, yeah. I assume that there's a door toward the servants' quarters. I also assume there might be a bathroom door. Uh, yeah, there is a staff door. And, and like I said, I assume there might be some sort of bathroom or cleaning area. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, we'll try that. Okay. I mean, it's a it's a one man well location. I, unless the two of you are going to get real friendly. No, that's that's fine. We can go one at a time. Okay. I'll let him go first because he's probably more coded and stuff than I am. Yeah, I mean, you turn on the the amber overhead light from the simple pull, you know, light switch pull, and you've seen horror stories like this in Chicago before. You look like one. Yeah. Um, all these clothes got to go. All of them. Um, it's going to take you time to get blood out of your hair. Fun. Yeah. Um, as for you, Mr. Drummond, when you get your chance, your face is, is better. Um, but you realize that, like, your fingernails and, like, the cracks in your skin from age hold blood. Caked blood. And that's going to take work to get off. Uh, so you spend a little time, each of you, in that space to try to get yourself reasonably presentable. Um, Jack, for you, you're going to have to, you're likely going to have to find a way to, to sneak upstairs. Yeah. No one is going to be able to see you and think that you weren't involved in a bloody gunfight. Just just the way it is. It's just the way it is. All right. Um, can I sneak over to the... the uh doorway into the bar and see if I can't see where if there's people out here or where they might be or yeah go ahead make me a, a stealth roll that's 43 under 82 you sneak over yeah, you know what I'm going to spend a point of uh, two points of luck to make that a hard success that sounds fantastic uh, you move like death 
and get towards that area where you can see out into the dining room and into the lobby spaces. And you see that there are a couple of men with the light on near the front door who are sort of conversing back and forth. So um, do I think I can make it up the stairs without them seeing me? That is going to be a tall order. It's not impossible, but um, you're going it's to... It's essentially a contested role. Okay. When I... Uh, when Robert's done, I'll talk, I will go back and talk to him. I think you're going to be able to make it go to the front door and let them let him in because you look all right. And while they're uh, talking to you, because there's guys out there, I will sneak up the back of the stairs because there's no way I'm going to be able to pass any kind of inspection like this. Uh, I'll make a big old noise, I promise. Is there any cooking sherry back here? Probably. I will dump some on my clothes. Get a good odor. I'm going to mark for the record here that this is going to end up being a bad idea. But go ahead. Okay, that's fine. So you dump a bunch of cooking sherry on yourself? Not not, not a bunch. I just want a little bit of odor on my clothes. Okay. Like, like you know, I've been out drinking. Sure. And I will um, proceed around to the front. Mm-hmm. And I will ring the bell. I will be not... I know it doesn't take a lot of effort, but I'm going to put a lot of effort into sure. it. Sure. All right, so I'm going to have Jack make a stealth roll. I'm going to give him advantage for a distraction. Not bad. That's a six. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to take that six. There's enormous clatter at the front door. You watch it happen, Jack. You watch the doors open. Um, You watch a tall staff member have a conversation or begin to have a conversation with um, someone you are fairly certain smells like Mr. Drummond. Um, you make your way upstairs. The door opens for you, Mr. Drummond, and um, the first reaction you get from the man is, oh, are you all right? Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a little late tonight. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't realize you all locked it up. I'm used to places that are more, uh, uh, shall we say, open. Uh, uh, of course, sir. Uh, what is your room number? Uh, I rattle off my room number. Of course. Of course. Come right in. Come right in. They give you a opportunity to um, enter before they close up and lock the door. And I walk walk upstairs. Mm-hmm. By this time, Jack, you're already in your room. Strip down. Change. Yep. What are you gonna What are you gonna do with the clothes? Well, I gotta, I'm gonna collect uh, everybody's clothes that might have blood on them. And what are you gonna collect them in? Like a bed sheet or pillowcase? Okay, Robert, you get back to your room mm-hmm. and you change. Yep. Okay. So I'll leave the four of you there in the hotel getting changed. We'll go back to the doctor at the mission, and uh, clearly there seems to be a mission at hand here. <laughs> Starrett looks at you and says, "What? What? Ha- what happened to him? What happened to you?" It was. It was. Um. <laughs> we have had an interesting evening. It's. We confronted someone, and um. Let's say it went interestingly. Yeah. Mm. 
gestures vaguely to Sam's wounds. The the shotgun wound is is fairly, uh, I mean, you've seen close wounds before from a shotgun, Mm. and this is probably the worst you've ever seen. Slowly, while he is passed out, so that I don't have to administer him as much anesthetic. Right. <laughs> Start picking out the chunks that are closer to the surface, while I whilst I filled the other doctor in a um, little bit here and there as to what we did. Not detail for detail. Like he gives him a basic rundown of sure. the evening events. Okay. I would like you to make me a power roll. And remember that you do have advantage on power roll from Iron Will. I do. 23 under 65. That would make it a hard success. Okay. So uh, I have you beat on that. Dr. Starrett, as you two are going through your work, he takes a very calm, almost like telephone operator voice with you. Mm Mm-hmm. And he goes through the procedure that he recommends for what's going on. You confer as doctors, both of you are uh, very skilled uh, in medicine. Um, He talks through with you the situation, your story. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the end of the wound cleaning, you realize that Dr. Starrett has like, he's convinced you to, divulge things you did not expect that you would say. Mm-hmm. He gets you talking. Sure. Sure. Through persuasion. Um, absolutely. And um, since Doc is concentrating more on the wound than anything, he's probably doing that, you know, no filter talk shop kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Well, and you're getting a chance to talk with another medical doctor. It's been so long. Right. And he's just, he's really good. And it's mm-hmm. clear, two things are very clear. One, he cares about Sam mm-hmm. and about making sure that the patient lives through the procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes in like a, with a fine tooth comb, essentially, to pick out every bit of lead matter that he can find. Every little, you know, tiniest different ball. Yep. Every shrapnel, every bulb. Yeah. Yep. And at the end, you realize that you've admitted that where the attack happened... You realize that you've admitted who it happened to mm-hmm. and worse, why it happened. Mm. And so as you're sewing Sam back up, very carefully coming to the realization that Starrett knows stuff now you wish he didn't. Mm. Not because you're worried about Starrett telling the police. But just for his own sake of knowing them yeah what seems commonplace to me is going to be jarring to him Mm -hmm. i uh once it's just a few minutes left of closing work as i'm sewing up sam i uh gesture to his liquor cabinet i'm sure that's ubiquitous and nearby (laughs) uh yeah uh, he after sam is taken care of the two of you adjourned to his office and uh yeah doc sips a drink a bit um i i apologize i did not mean to burden you with this yeah it's so much information details that well 
in any other circumstance, I'm sure you would find to be irrational, but sometimes it is nice to not carry the burden all on, all on my own, you know? Well, as a, as a Anglican priest, as well as a doctor, I have many different roles that I take here. I simply felt that you needed an opportunity to unburden yourself of a very difficult experience. He dark toe, you know, raises the glasses if to, uh, you know, clink glasses with the doctor and, uh, and about a pound and a half of lead from Sam, of course. You can keep that. That's, that's, that's free for you, yeah. So many different guns now. The hunters um, from, you know, overseas, from Europe, from the Americas, um, from... <laughs> Americans. <laughs> oh, they love their guns, yeah. <laughs> they come to hunt elephants, gorillas, rhino. Very popular. Doc seems visibly saddened by that. I, the concept of such a beautiful and majestic creature being shot for sport, mere sport, is, I must find, to be distasteful at best. There are entire leagues of hunting associations. It's why, um, it's why I don't deal with Colonel Endicott much because of his hunting lodge. I cannot say I blamed you that much. It's a ghastly and barbaric pastime. It is. Where will you go now? We are not sure, actually. Uh, in the immediate, anyway. I believe that my associates are probably gathering our things as we speak. Just, you know, precautionary. It isn't our presence in the city has not gone unnoticed, as you will. <laughs> Yes. The city has seen, um, over the past week, many different travelers, yourself included. Mm. Um, the, the trouble with the train may have slowed some of their pace, but it feels like there is a dark blanket coming up. It feels like it is passing over us now. Doc looks very kind of uh, like he's lost in thought for a moment. <laughs> like digs out and lights up his pipe. Uh, but yeah, me and the doctor make serious and small talk as the hours wane on and we, or as the time wanes on and we wait for Sam to rejoin the world of the conscious. <laughs> yeah. You learn a few things too about Starrett. Um, mm -hmm. He's no fool. No. Um, that sort of, that message gets redoubled. Um, he's very much a man that understands that something bad is happening. Um, but it also seems like he's accepted his position of where it needs to be. He understands that the fight, per se, the direct stuff, is not his job. About that, him and I agree <laughs> uh, um, emphatically. Uh, does he have a chess set out? Like a table chess set? Um, I don't know about out, but... But, I mean... Yeah. A gesture and uh, suggest a game while we sit and wait and talk. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. He says that it may be several hours before Sam wakes back up, which is for his benefit. Absolutely. I would not rush such a thing. 
Yes, sir. All of the laudanum we've pumped into him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it would probably kill a rhino itself if I wasn't against it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you and uh, Dr. Starrett have a chance to relax, have a drink, and have a game of chess while um, your patient awaits. Uh, back at the hotel, the group has had an opportunity to clean up and gather their things. Uh, and in doing so, probably takes a good 15 to 20 minutes at the very least to do so. Now, the ladies had a head start because they were here first, and so they'll get this information first, mostly because the gents at this point are still sort of getting to that final point. Um, Maeve and Lillian, the both of you would audibly pick up that there seem to be more and more voices outside on the street now. Can we look outside? Yeah, you got windows. I'm gonna like peek outside, yeah. You peek outside and you realize that in the street across the park, several police officer, police officers have gathered. You can tell because they have lights on their vehicles and there are two vehicles there. They don't look like standard cop cars by, by modern standards. Obviously they're just, they're just vehicles, but there are four to six officers and they seem to be getting assembled for something. And they're pointed in the direction of the hotel, like the cars are. And behind them are a group of people, citizens likely, asking a bunch of questions. And you start noticing that some of those citizens have torches and they look very upset. I mean, I don't think anybody saw us, but, and I also don't think, I don't know how they would have followed us all the way back here. I'll go down to Jack's room i'll shut the light off in my room mm-hmm. and i'll go down to jack's room and sh- like open like is your door unlocked yeah i'm gonna open the door and shut the light off <laughs> <laughs> and be like they're gathering outside at that park i don't know how they followed us here unless somebody saw me earlier and it's monster hunt no I, I'm, I'm willing to bet it's uh some of the cultists in town probably turned them on to us. Um, it's probably true. So I don't know how we're going to get out. I don't know what we're going to do. So for maybe leave all of our stuff behind and come and get it later. Mm. Mm. Might have to just take the most important things. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, we're so close yeah. to finishing this that like, I don't want for me, my my material possessions are not more important than finishing this. I will leave all the books. I've gotten what I need out of them right now, except for one book, because That's, nobody should find that one. But yeah, that makes sense. Um, we should get we should get the other two. Okay. Let me go swap a few books. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll get the other two. We're going to have to do a um, series with Maeve's little library. Right. Well, see, there's some scary books that, like, I don't think that should be left for just, like, anybody to find. Some scary books? Okay, one in particular. All of them technically are scary, but there's the one that you sure don't want other people finding. No. All right, fair enough. Um, So you go back to your room. You make some choices about what you're going to take in and out of the trunk. Now, 
your trunk has the false bottom in it, mm-hmm. which is where some things occasionally get stored at. That's the reason mm-hmm. why that trunk is so heavy. One of the things that gets that's stored in it is a Thompson. Mm-hmm. So my question is, is, is that trunk staying here? I don't know. Okay, y'all, 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 y'all can figure that out. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's nothing. It'll, it'll pass, right? Right. Yeah, it won't be a big deal. It won't be a big deal at all. <laughs> you'll have to, you'll have to figure that out. After another five or so minutes, the, the two of you are done, physically being cleaned up and in new clothes. All of the dirty clothes, we'll say, have been collected in a pillowcase, and can be disposed of when the time is right. I am going to go downstairs and see what's going on. If uh, it gets a little heated, you guys might want to slip out the back, take that pillowcase with you, and dispose of it somewhere. The, there's a back entrance? Yeah, yeah there's a, through it's the around kitchen. the back. Okay, through the kitchen? Okay. For the record, um, yes. since I'm not sure that we are not going to run from this place, I have not taken the ropes off. Because okay. I still have my... Because it holds my scepters, it holds everything. If I have to, I'll just like clean them up a little bit, you know. But I don't have another set, I don't think. Just going through the books to figure out how to get blood out of a cultist robe. Hmm. Do I have two sets? I don't think so. Nope. Nope. The only other robe that was collected was the yellow robe that Sam collected at the uh, tea shop, as long as, as well as the ring. And, right. it, and it doesn't look good with your skin tone. <laughs> right. No, really. Actually, it would clash terribly. That's the other thing, too, that you would be probably hyper aware of, and that is that if there is any sort of, like, confrontation, you border on the, I should probably wear a head wrap when I go out places. Well, that's the other thing is these robes have a hood. They do. So that helps, too. Okay. Jack, you head downstairs. Yeah. When you head downstairs, there is a uniformed officer standing in the lobby talking to one of the staff members, the man that you think let Mr. Drummond in. And sort of as your sh- as your shoes hit the main foyer, like sitting area, right uh, across from the double doors, you hear uh, something to the effect of, "We know they're in here, and they need to come out." Gentlemen. The officer turns towards you, and so does the staff member. The officer steps over. Can I help you, sir? What seems to be all the commotion? Well, it seems there was a uh, unfortunate murder. This murder? Evening. Yes, that the Asian quarter and the tea, ho- a tea house owner was uh, murdered. Oh, my God, how dreadful. Terrible. Uh, we believe that some people here in the hotel may be have taken part. No, that can't be. I mean, the people here are all good people. I mean, you think so? There have been some witnesses to what happened, and they have given us some descriptions. Indeed. Mm-hmm. He, like, looks down at a piece of paper, and you, you see his eyes move across it, and he puts it in his jacket pocket. Can you tell me where you have been this evening? Uh, I've been here all evening. All evening? Yes, in my room. I was tired. It was a long day. All right, Jack, be prepared to lie, sir. Well, that's what I do. 67 under 71. 
Okay. So I have a hard success. He looks at you and you see him furrow his brow a little bit. We're going to ask you to come to the station to answer some questions. Of course. And um, it does appear there are some others here. Uh, he pulls the paper back out. Uh, there were a, a pair of women that came to the hotel this evening. He looks up at the... looks. I say up because the staff member is taller than he is. Um, there are some women here who are also going to be questioned. And uh, you have their room numbers. Staff member acknowledges. We'll have you all come down and answer some questions, and then I'm certain that uh, we'll have this resolved. Of course. Right. He uh, turns and then heads outside for a moment. The uh, staff member looks at you a little sheepish. Don't worry about it. Oh, he's not worried. You hear Reggie's voice come from the back side of the hotel, sort of to your side. Not sure he's worried at all about it, Mr. Doyle. Do you remember what you said to me before you left? Oh, I remember exactly. I look forward to seeing you answer these questions. I wonder if uh, they'll be interested in knowing what's in the uh, basement. The basement? Yeah. And your part in it. <laughs> I don't have any, any idea what you're talking about. I'm an upstanding business owner here mm -hmm. in Nairobi. And you are a, uh, evidently, a potential traveling murderer. I mean, we actually have uh, two eyewitnesses that put you uh, talking to her just hours before she was brutally murdered and in an agitated state as well. Well, fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. My hands are clean. I, I doubt yours are. I seriously doubt your hands are clean. He sort of gestures. He's a good 20 feet away. You can't really even see him in the dark. He's sitting over there at the at the bar in the dark. But he sort of waves his fingers at you. Sleep well. Oh, I right. will. And then I'll walk out front. You walk out front. Yep. And I will stride out front. You stride out front. Uh, and very quickly into the arms or the arms reach of the Nairobi police. Gentlemen, do I need some bracelets? All that's not necessary. We're not placing you under arrest. You'll have an opportunity to give us your story in the park, beyond the vehicles and beyond the police. Uh, you see people in the dim light there, the torchlight, who are very interested as well as your story goes. The police pass you. They put, they put you in the seat of one of the cars and they enter the hotel, after which they come upstairs. Um, those of you who are still left in the hotel uh, begin to hear heavy foot traffic on the second floor. I'm going to uh, take my revolver and stuff it into my, if I haven't already, I'm going to stuff it into, a, uh, into one of my trunks. Mm -hmm. I would just say, just so we're clear, all of you would have had time to make whatever packing preparations. You would have had okay. enough. You want to stuff a revolver or something. You want to do something with something. You'd have that time. Um, that time, however, is now over. Is there a balcony? 
Yes. Actually, there's a balcony on every single second floor. Is it on the front or the back or the side? The That's hotel? a great question. Um, so what we'll say is um, because you would be able to see, right? If you roll luck and you pass, I will make one of your rooms. One, I'll make your room a corner room, which would give you the advantage of being able to get to the alley beside the hotel. Yes, that's an 11 out of what's luck. Yeah, my luck is 80. Okay. Yeah, you're in luck, Mr. Shea, because your room is one of these corner rooms that has sort of front windows, but the balcony itself is to the side, not to the front. And so you do have an, a potential um, egress point. There's a hard, sharp rap on your door, Miss Lane. Um, I call out, um, who's there? Nairobi police. Please come to the door, Miss Lane. How fast can I get undressed? I guess it depends on what you're wearing. I'm just pants and a shirt. And I mean, I, I would say probably if you were, the boots are going to be the tough part. <laughs> but not to put too fine a point on it, but I'll say 25, 30 seconds. If you sit down on the bed nearby you pull the boots off you can drop your pants and pull the shirt off probably in 15 20 seconds i mean if you mean to yep i'm i'm gonna do that okay. i'm and not take off all my undergarments well, but certainly i will not. yeah and i'll call up um give me just a second please i will grab a towel from i'm assuming there's towels in there mm -hmm. from the hotel yep. throw one over around my hair mm -hmm. throw a towel around my body mm-hmm like I'm in a rush, kind of like, you know, it's open in the back, but in the front I have myself covered. Certainly. And I open the door. Uh, I open the door just wide enough so they can see that I am not um, not dressed. I did, if I get a couple extra seconds, I will shove the rifle under the mattress or the shotgun under the mattress or in a corner, somewhere behind the door or somewhere behind the door where they so can't see it. So it's out of sight? Yeah. Okay. So I open the door. You open the door. Yes. He takes a step back, just a slight one. Um, my apologies, Miss Lane. Um, you, you can see he sort of he takes a step to mentally fumble with the idea of you not being decent. Um, he looks down towards the ground. He doesn't keep your gaze. Uh, he says, um, "The um, police sergeant has asked for you to come to the station to make a uh, a statement." Uh, you, you're to be questioned about a, a, an event that happened in Nairobi tonight. No, oh, what event is that? Uh, we will speak more at the station about it. Um, do you mind if I get myself ready and I, I'd, I'd be happy to meet you at the station? It just might take me a, a few minutes. Uh, I'm happy to wait outside. Like outside the hotel or outside my door? <laughs> I will be right here waiting for you. He, again, like eventually lifts his gaze back to you. Uh, I apologize. I didn't realize you were... In a state of undress? Yes. Well, you interrupted me in the middle of my, you know, evening bath. He looks at you a little funny. Understood. I'll wait here. He steps back and sort of turns around. Well, I I close the door and mm -hmm. 
go back and hurry up and get dressed. Is there any exit points from my room? Or does my room face the front of the hotel? I think your room faces the front of the hotel. Now, I mean, could you get creative and try to figure out a way to get into Miss O'Shea's room? Sure. Um, but there are no like adjoining doors or anything like that. That's not how this hotel is built. It's really getting dressed that you realize what you may have fumbled with. Like you go in to get dressed and you realize that you told the cop outside that you were in the bath, but you're wearing a bra and he would have seen the straps over the towel. Yeah, I like bathing with my bra on. Yeah, I, I will get dressed and I'm, and what I, I know that Maeve's room has a balcony. I don't know if you'd know it does, but you would know it's a corner room. So it would at least have an option. All right, I will, I will get dressed and I will grab my satchel. Mm -hmm. Probably going to search me, so I probably can't bring any weapons. Maybe, I mean, will they search me? Do we know? You don't know, but you you can make assumptions. Mm. When is the last time you've been uh, brought in for questioning by the police? Never. Okay, so you have no <laughs> have idea no what's going to happen. I have. Yeah, you have. When I met the doctor. That's right. Well, I mean, that's basically, that's just the first thing that happens after you meet the doctor, which is the police question you. <laughs> not knowing if they'll search me or not, I will, I will put a blade in my boot. Okay. Um, I get dressed and have my, I'll have my satchel. I grab my king and yellow book. I mm -hmm. shove it in there because it's like a, a security blanket. Certainly. And, um, I will go out the door and I, I will ask the police officer and mm -hmm. say, do you mind if I let my um, companion, one of my companions know that I will be going down to the station? Oh, they'll be coming with all of them. This way, ma'am. He points towards the stair with a wide arm. So do I hear all this? Uh, yeah, you hear all okay. of this. And when I looked out front, did I see Jack out front? Uh, yeah, he, he made a, he made a, um, yeah, a, he made a gesture. So a, I wanted to make sure that like, I saw that. <laughs> yes. He put two middle fingers in the air and said, come get me. Copper. <laughs> okay. No, no. Um, he, he certainly, um, was loud enough. Quote unquote. He was okay. boisterous enough. So in I his... know he's going, I know Lillian's going, okay, I'll just go because if I have to, I'll dominate the whole fucking precinct. <laughs> hey, it works. We, we continue to uh, Mr. Drummond's door. Um, where you were eventually uh, asked to be requisitioned by the police in questioning. Uh, I say, I'll be glad to. And I take my coat mm -hmm. and uh, out the door I go. Not that coat, the right. other one. No, certainly. <laughs> Speaking of that, Jack, what did you do with the bag? Where did you throw that bag well, of bloody I, clothes? I gave us a Drummond. Robert, what did you do with that um, bag of bloody clothes? <laughs> just, um, just wondering. Put it in one of my trunks okay i put it in the bottom and threw my clothes on top of it and nice i i made sure to put the sherry stained ones on the top of course so the four of you get collected into two different vehicles and you are taken to the nairobi police headquarters you are afforded reasonable comforts on the way meaning nobody tries to bash your skull in there doesn't seem to be any malice with the police coming and asking you to be questioned, right? It's not them per se. Uh, but what you do get a complete and clear view is 
all of the people standing around those cars. And so many of them are very interested to see you go. And it's clear too, that some of them followed the cars to the police station. And I think that's as best a time to end to end. And so we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Masks and Roth Tip. Uh, we are continuing our Kenya adventures and we'll pick it up next week. Thank you and good night.